0: This podcast is a presentation of Gateway Fellowship, Paulsville, Washington. Experience community, find hope. Check us out at GatewayFellowship.com.
1: Well, there you go. There's some info stuff that's going on. <laughs> well, good morning again. Good morning again. Hopefully, hopefully you guys are doing well. Again, just want to say welcome to those of you online. I'm um, just glad to be able to join you this morning. Um, it, uh, we are in a series. If you're a guest with us this morning, uh, I just want to say that you've come at a really good time because we are in the midst of a series, really at the beginning of a series. And uh, it, the series is called Locked Up, Not Out. And what it's speaking about is this idea of, of Paul being in prison. And so for some of you, you're like, oh, of course, well, I know all, Mario, you just saying those words, you know, I know exactly what's going on. And for some of us, we have no idea what you just talked about, Mario. So, so my hope this morning is to help clue us in on that. You see, Paul was this guy and he, he was a persecutor. He was a person who hated um, the, the people who called themselves followers of Jesus. He, was, he, he would block them up. He would persecute them. He would do anything he could to stop the name of Jesus being talked about. And then one day, Jesus literally knocked him off of his high horse onto the ground. And as he's on the ground, Jesus speaks to him. And it changes Paul's life and his trajectory forever. He moved from a spot from being a guy who persecuted Christians to being the person who would preach so strongly about who Jesus is. And so once Paul started to follow Jesus, he started to preach in Jerusalem, and then he ended up going to a place called Antioch, and it's going to come up on the screen here. He went up to Antioch, and that would kind of became his home base over here in Antioch. But over the course of time, he felt the Lord calling him and sending him out to different places, and we call we called that he was going on these missionary journeys. He would go from place to place to place to share about who Jesus is. And in one of his journeys, he started finding his way all the way around, he found himself to a spot called Ephesus. Now, Ephesus is uh, a really important place, and particularly during that time, because Ephesus was a spot, it was like, it was like the, the commercial hub. I mean, you think about like New York, where all this stuff is happening. You think about like Tokyo, where just all this, this just so much activity is taking place. That's what Ephesus was like at that time. And Paul was there, he was there one time for over three years and he was just letting people know about Jesus and people started to follow Jesus and these churches started to pop up in that region. And Paul continued on from that place to go to other places because he wanted to let them know about the Lord as well. Well, over the course of time, what ends up happening is that the very short story, and I, and I encourage you, um, if you want to know more about Paul's life, read the book of Acts. Um, you see him show up. I believe it's in chapter seven. and You see his story continue to roll out from there. But what you'll what you'll see is that he continues to share, and he ends up going to jail, to going to prison for sharing about the name of Jesus. And as he finds himself in Rome in prison sharing about who Jesus is, because he was sharing about who Jesus is, somebody came to him and let him know about Ephesus. And they said, hey, here's what's going on in Ephesus. And part of it excited Paul's heart and part of it kind of hurt Paul's heart. And so Paul felt compelled to to write to these people and let them know what was going on with them. And so Paul takes time while he's in prison and he starts to write down what matters most. Now, I think for many of us, we kind of get the idea of wanting to share with people what, what matters to us, right? I mean, take for instance, um, for me, one of the things that I love, this, this is Royal Lake. And I absolutely love the spot. Um, I had an opportunity to go hiking up here, backpacking up here with my son just a few weeks ago. Marcelo and I went up there, and I kind of tell you, it was glorious. There was literally no one on the trail. We had the whole lake to ourselves. Like that, That's a slice of heaven for me. Like nobody around, it was it was awesome, and as we were there, um, it was it, I wanted to just bring Marcelo there because you know there's times where I bring pictures and I show him things, but but to be able to take him there, to show him what matters, to help him to be able to see this is what the beauty and the grandeur and the glory of God looks like when it's just out in the open like this. Take this in, my son. <laughs> There's something that I want to share with him that he could be able to take in and see. And I think that that's a little bit of what Paul's trying to do with these people. I mean, we do this, right? I mean, what gets you excited? What makes you passionate? Maybe for you it's sports. Maybe for you um, it's, it's movies. You love to talk about music or, or crocheting or, or I don't know what it is for you. What is it that you love to do? Woodworking. It might just be some kind of hobby. And as you get around people, if you get the opportunity to share about this thing, it just comes out of you because you want people to know about it. It matters to you. You know what I'm talking about? You know what that is? Yeah, right? This is a little bit of the heartbeat of Paul as he's talking to these people. And so, if you read chapter one in the book of Ephesus, which is the, w- the first prison letter that we're looking at that he writes, he writes to the people of Ephesus, what you'll see is this heartbeat that says, I want you to know what matters. I want you to know what's going on. And so, he starts off by sharing, This is who you are. I want to remind you of who it is you are in Christ. And so, last week, Tom shared about this. He talked about this idea that we are a blessed people, that we're blessed, that we're forgiven, we're adopted, we're redeemed, we're chosen. We're blessed, and that's what we camped on last week. And so then Paul moves from this place of talking about being blessed to wanting to share with him what matters to him, and that is his heart and prayer. And so Paul starts to share one of the prayers that I think is so awesome. He says these words. He says, I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he has called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. And I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. This is Paul's prayer for for the people at that time. And I would say that, that, I mean, Paul, I don't know that he was necessarily praying for us, but I do believe that there are things that we can start praying for ourselves as we look at what Paul's prayer is. And to know this, that as a staff, as a church staff, these are the kinds of things that we pray for you. And I pray that you would start to to take these things not only for your life, but to pray for others in your own lives as well. And so what we see is we see Paul starting to pray. and, And he says, here's what I pray for you for. I pray for you that you would have wisdom and revelation, wisdom and spiritual insight. See, that's the thing that I pray for. I pray for you to have this. And I want us to recognize that when Paul is talking about this idea of praying for spiritual insight and wisdom, he's not talking about the idea of just being able to hop onto Google because I know that we like to do that, just hop on Google, type in the word wisdom and see what comes up right away. That's not what he's talking about here when he's talking about this because what Paul's talking about is so much more than just gathering more information. What Paul is wanting, he's wanting something so much deeper. Now, now I don't expect you to remember this, but the word knowledge in Greek that Paul is using here is a word called epinosis. And this epinosis that Paul desires for us to step into is this deep, accurate, personal, spirit-generated knowledge he says, I want you to have that kind of knowledge, something that goes so much deeper than just this normal kind of knowledge that we can find by just Googling something. It's a knowledge that can only be obtained by the Spirit. It's a knowledge that, that comes by the Spirit, which is why Jesus says words like these. Jesus says, well, when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Later on, John says this. He says, there's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, what does it say he will do? It says, okay, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Paul later on writes about the spirit, and he says, and we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so that you can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. You see, this type of truth can't be found just by gathering facts. And I don't know about you, but this is something I forget so often. I mean, I don't know about you, but I find myself with living out life. The first thing that I do is I find myself trying to figure out life on my own, doing things on my own, trying to figure it out all by myself. And eventually, once I run up against the wall, I'm not getting any further. I'm not moving any further. That's when it seems like the Lord speaks and says, hey, Mario, woohoo! hoo Have you considered me? What would have happened if you would have started with me, Mario, instead of trying to figure it all out by yourself? Maybe you wouldn't be experiencing all the the anxiousness that you're experiencing right now. Maybe you wouldn't be experiencing all the all the trembling and that's going on in your life right now. Maybe if you would have started with me, because I have a knowledge that I want to give you that you cannot find in this world. And so I want to ask you this morning: are you looking for wisdom in Revelation? Are you seeking wisdom? If so, the place to start is not with all the stuff that's in this world, but the place to start is first and foremost in God's word and continue by listening to the Spirit in prayer. We need wisdom. I think about just all the stuff that we're going on. And, I mean, Tom just talked about some of the stuff that we're having to deal with in our world, right? The world is so upside down. We need the Spirit to guide us in wisdom and all the conversation. What do I say to my boss when he's asking me to say things that I shouldn't say? How do I respond to the people that come into my life and demand certain things of me? We need the wisdom of the Spirit in order to make it through those moments. And that's what God wants to provide. And that's what Paul is praying for for them. The truth is that it's the Holy Spirit who makes us wise and who alone reveals all truth. And so Paul then goes on from there and he continues to share, here's what I'm praying for. I'm also praying that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. That's what I want for you. And maybe that's something that you can be praying for for yourself. God, would you open up, and here's a, a song that you might have remember, open up the eyes of my heart, Lord. For those of you who have been around Christianity for a while, you might have heard that, that song. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, because I want to, how does it go? I want to, I want to see you. Oh, Yeah. He's got the whole song. I want to I want to see you. Open up. That's where that song comes from. is this very verse. Ephesians 1:18 says, "I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he has called his holy people who are rich in and gl- in glorious inheritance." He prays for light. Because here's the deal. Have you noticed what happens when the light of Christ is not working in our lives? When we don't have that being illuminated within and through us? Without the light of Christ, we live in darkness of sin and in the ignorance of our despair. Jesus quotes Isaiah and he says this. He says, for the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear. And they have closed their eyes. Listen to this. They've closed their eyes. So their, their, they, so their eyes cannot see, their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. You see, God is for you. God wants what's best for you. He wants to bring healing to your life. He wants what's best for you. But there's this part of us that actually has to be opened up to what it is that God wants to do in our life, to be open to the things that God wants to do in and through us. That it can't be just simply hearing the word of God, but we have to open up the eyes of our hearts that we might be enlightened so that we can be changed from the inside out, that he can do what it is he wants to do in and through us. And so Paul starts to say, like, hey, as you open up your eyes, these are some of the things that I want you to open up your eyes to. I want your eyes to be open to the calling that God has placed on in you in, from the past. You see, we have to have our spiritual eyes open to the things that God has called us to because when we chose to follow Jesus, I don't know if you knew that. know this, but at the point that you said yes to Jesus, assuming that you did that, there was a calling that was placed in your life. You were called to live in certain ways. You were called to be a certain kind of people in this world, and we're meant to live into that. And so Paul is saying, hey, I want you to live into that calling. That's my prayer for you. You know, I know for some of us, we walk throughout life and we're saying like, man, I just don't know what the Lord's will for me is. Have you experienced that for your life sometimes? I don't know what God's calling is for my life. Maybe you're here today, and that's what you're going through. You're like, God, what's what's your call for me? If so, I just want to let you know what the scriptures have to say about your call. Some basic things that are in there is this. Is that you belong, you're called to belong to Jesus Christ. You're called to, be, to stay rooted in him, to belong to him. You're called to be holy. You're called to be set apart. You're called to be free. Galatians says that. To be free from the bondage of sin, free from the bondage of slavery. You're called to be a free people. You're called to be one in the body. That instead of being, being, being separated into all these different categories of classism and, and separated by different races. No, when, when Christ came and you came to be a part of this family, he said all of those dividing lines, that the way that you can divide yourself up, all of those are gone. You're called to be one as a people with Jesus Christ as the head over the entire church. That's who you're called to be. And he says you're called to bear with one another and love to learn what it means to simply live those things out. God has called every single one of us into relationship with him and with one another in a way that when we live those things out, when you live it out in your own life, when we live it out in the community, people can only help but start to wonder, like, what is so different about you? What's that calling that God has placed in your life? And as we live into those things, something happens. And so the question is, is, are our eyes open to the spiritual reality that's happening around us? Or do we just live day to day forgetting that God has called us to live and to be a certain kind of people? You see, that's what Paul was praying for them, that you would recognize your calling, that God has called you to something. When you said yes to him in that moment, you were now brought into something that was spectacular, something that's unique. He prayed that our eyes would be open to our future inheritance that we have in Christ our inheritance. Now, let me ask you this. Do you remember the last time that you were online and you ordered a package or maybe you went into a store and you ordered a package and it took more than two days for it to arrive? (laughs) Do you remember? I mean, mean, I'm, 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 I'm serious now. I'm serious. Now, just think about the last time that you ordered something on you ordered something and it took a, a few more days do you remember what that package was or what that item was it like took some time do you remember what it was and and as you think about it do you remember the time what the time when you ordered it you pressed you pressed send whatever it was purchase or you said in the store yes order this for me and the days that went by while you were waiting for it and the thought that went through your mind is like man i can't wait till that thing comes right And when it comes, my life is going to be better. I'll be able to fix the thing that needs to be fixed. I'll be able to go wherever it is. I mean, you remember that, right? When it was coming, there was this anticipation for when it comes because you knew that when it came, life would be so much better. I think that's a little bit of the picture of the idea of what an inheritance looks like. By the way, did you know that Amazon has overnight shipping now? Same day, so overnight threw me, this has nothing to do with the message, I'm just letting you know, like this threw me. So I ordered, I ordered a a package and they're like, hey, you can just order on overnight. I was like, overnight, okay. I clicked overnight, I kid you not, at five o'clock in the morning, literally overnight, there was a package sitting at my door and it woke me up and I, I had a few thoughts that weren't Christian in the moment, like somebody's at the door and somebody's, I'm probably gonna get handled, but I'm at least trying to handle the person who's at my door at five o'clock in the morning. It was the Amazon people. Bless them. I have my package. It was it was incredible. But there's this idea of an inheritance, and as we wait, there's this anticipation that comes as we look forward to that thing that comes in the future. And that is a glimpse of what what Jesus, what, what Paul is saying here. There's something that you get to look forward to in the future. And would you just be in a spot to recognize that it's so much better than any package that you're waiting for in the mail? This is something that's going to be with you. And here it is, that we have life and God forever waiting for us. That's what we get to look forward to. That's our future inheritance. And this is what I love so much is that later on, John writes about what it's going to look like. It's one of my favorite passages in scripture. I just wanted to share it with you today as what our future inheritance looks like. It says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Amen. That's our inheritance. That's what we get to look forward to. That's what we get to see take place one day. That's the hope that we get to place our life in. And so I have this question for you as we consider Paul's prayer this morning. How often do we think about the future that is waiting in store for us? You see, we have so many things in this life that come our way that continue to press in on us. That we, we can forget that this is not the end of our story. At the moment that you said yes to Jesus, this becomes your future inheritance. You get grafted into this future that's coming. This is not the end of your story. Whatever it is that you're going through right now, that's not the end. God has more in store for you. There will be a day when all things will be made right. And so have hope today because that day is coming at some point. There can be hope now because we know that this isn't the end of all of life. In fact, at the point you said yes to Jesus, eternal life erupted in you in this moment in relationship to him. We have eternity with Christ waiting for us. And that's what Paul wants these believers to know. He's like, I I just got to let you know that this is what I'm praying for you. That you would remember your calling in the past and you would look forward to the future and recognize that here, right here, right now, you realize the power that is in you right now. Are you aware of the Spirit's power that lives within you in this moment? Paul desperately wants them to know their new reality in Christ. And so in Ephesians 1:19, he says this, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. The incredible greatness of God's power. You see, they need that power and so do we because there are simply things that we cannot control in our own strength. As much as we try, as much as we want to control them, there are things that are beyond us to be able to take care of. I love the way that one commentator says that he says this For if there are two powers which man cannot control, but which hold him bondage, they are death and evil. Man is mortal, he cannot avoid death. Man is fallen, he cannot overcome evil. But God in Christ has conquered both, and therefore he can rescue us from both. Amen. You see, in this passage, Paul uses the, the different words. I mean, if you just look at this short part of the passage that we've been reading, he talks about power over and over and over again. And in the Greek, he uses different words to try to talk about this idea of what power is because he's trying to compel, com- convey to them, this is who God is and this is how powerful he is. And so in this passage, what we see is him talking about this incredibly great power is what we see in, in, in verse 19, this incredibly great power that's, that's available to you. And so it's, it's, it's this picture of, of someone throwing a ball is what it's like. And so if you can just imagine a world-class athlete, someone muscular, someone strong, who is the epitome of what it looks like to be an athlete in this world. And imagine them just throwing the football. I mean, think about who, who could just throw the football as far as they possibly could. I mean, you think about who would be that athlete that would come to mind to you that just truly is world class. You got that person in mind? I think we're probably on the same page here. I mean, it's probably this guy right here, right? <laughs> is, is, it, is it not? <laughs> no. Now, I understand you, you were thinking who, who won a Super Bowl who would have that kind of physique, that would be that kind of muscular. So you're probably thinking about this guy then, right? Of course, of course, Patrick Mahomes, of course, right? So Patrick Mahomes, it's, it's, it's said that he's thrown the ball 83 yards down the field. Now, if you can just think about that for a moment. 83 yards, he's covered almost the entire thing. In the picture of incredible greatness, and surpassing greatness, that Paul wants these people to know is say, okay, so if you think about the way that he can do this, now place that same ball in the hands of God and have him throw it. And if you want to know the power that's available to you, that's what it looks like. Infinite, sitting within every single one of you who has said yes to Jesus, that kind of power is in you this morning. That kind of power is available to you right here, right now. And Paul wants to make that very clear that this is the this is the kind of incredibly great power that is available to those who choose to believe in Jesus. You see, Paul makes it clear that the same power that rose Jesus from the grave the same power who who made Jesus ascend to heaven, that is the power that is available to you because you have the Holy Spirit within you. And so the question I have is that what is it that you need the power of God to work out in you and through you this morning? I don't know all the ways that God works, but I do know that he's powerful. I know that he wants to work things out in and through us. And I wish I could say, That God answers our prayers the way we would want him to every single time. He doesn't do that. But what I do know is he does answer prayer. In fact, part of our faith community, uh, one of the the, the people in our own church uh, shared a story with me recently about how she had come and she had asked for prayer. She had cancer and she'd gone to the doctor, they had given her that diagnosis and so we just took time to pray for her. And over the course of two weeks, she came back, and I can't wait for you to, to, to hear the story from her. But she said, Mara, I just want to let you know, I went back to the doctor, and they gave me a clean bill of health. Pretty cool. She said, the doctor's sitting there looking at me going, I don't know, I can't explain. And she's going, I can. I can explain it. Because our God still works today, he is powerful and he can continue to work. And so I ask you this morning, do you need Jesus to be at work in your life in a real specific way? Because he wants to be at work in your said life. yes to Jesus. And so this morning, would you hear Paul's prayer and would you take it in for yourself to, al- to receive it for yourself, but also to pray for others who are in need. Let the eyes of our hearts will be open Open to the calling that he's placed on us. Open to the inheritance that we have waiting for us. Open to the spirit that's available to us right here and right now. And so I ask you this morning, would you stand with me? We're gonna take an opportunity to pray. I ask, are you in need of wisdom? If so, I wanna pray for you. Is there anyone here in a spot where you've forgotten God's calling on your life? so, I want to pray that this morning would be a morning which you would remember. I wonder if any of us in this place have been caught up in all the stuff that's been going on around us so much that we've forgotten about our inheritance that's waiting for us. That it would give us hope. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Some of us might be here and you're saying, you know what? I need a miracle of Jesus in my life this morning. I need him to show up. Yeah, it's nice to hear about this person's story, and I need God to show up in my life as well. That's why I want to pray for you. You know, I wonder if some of us are here, and and the way that you've understood God is he would be a distant God, somebody who would not be connected to you at all. And yet you're hearing about a God who longs to draw close to you, a God who wants to give you power, who wants to help you through the darkness that you might be going through, that there can be life beyond what it is that you're experiencing now. And maybe for you this morning, you're saying, I want to say yes to Jesus. I want that. If that's who God is, if that's what he can offer, I want that. If that's you, I want to pray for you as well. And so what we're going to do is I'm just going to, we're going to ask, I'm just going to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm just going to pray with you. And we'll just see what the Lord does here, now, and throughout this week. And so let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you are a good God. You are a strong God, a powerful God, and we thank you for being who you are. We declare this morning, Lord, that we love you and that we offer ourselves to you. Lord, for some of our friends here this morning, we come, and the spot in which we come is that our our eyes of our hearts have been closed. And yet, Lord, we are needing wisdom. We are needing revelation. And so we're asking for that this morning. Would you provide wisdom for the circumstances of life that we're going through? We need you. And we're asking for you, spirit to provide something that we can't find in and of ourselves. Lord, some of us have forgot the calling that you've placed in our lives. And we've been living in all sorts of ways that don't honor you. And this morning, we're hearing you calling us back to living in that way. And we say yes to you. God, some of us, we need hope this morning. And I'm asking on behalf of my friends here and online, would you be the God of hope in our hearts, the God of hope in our lives? We so desperately need you. And Father, some of us come in this place this morning needing your power to show up. Our bodies might be ailing, hurting, and in need of your healing touch. Lord, we might have broken relationships in our lives that we so desperately need for you to heal that in and of ourselves, it cannot be done, but it can be in you. And so Lord, I pray for whoever might find themselves in that place, Lord, would you indeed stretch out your hand and bring healing wherever it's needed this morning, here and online, bring healing in this place, we pray in Jesus' name. And not just healing for our physical circumstances, but Lord, I believe there are some that are here and that are online that don't know you. And we need life life that only comes from you. And so in our hearts right now, Lord, we're asking and praying, Lord Jesus, would you come into my heart? Would you come into my life and be my Lord and Savior and be my God? Because I've been trying to look for life in so many places, God, but it hasn't worked. I need the power that only comes from you to make it through these circumstances. I need life that can only be found in you. And so I give up on trying to do it on my own and I give my life to you. Just as Paul's life was changed, Lord, I'm choosing to step into the life that you have in store for me. And in this moment as a congregation, Lord, we choose to recognize the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. And we choose to live our life from that place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Let's take an opportunity to sing to him, and declare to him, the God who is strong, the God who is powerful, amen. amen.
0: water's raging at my feet i can feel breath of those surrounding me i can hear sound of nations rising up we will not be overtaken we will not be overcome i can't walk down this darkened We fear.